0: Hello, welcome to Creative Catch-Up, a podcast where myself, Natasha Newton, artist and illustrator, and me, Mel Chadwick, illustrator and designer, will be chatting about running a creative business. Each episode, we'll be diving into a different topic that has come up in our own creative practice. We'll be sharing our experiences, both the ups and downs, struggles and successes, and hopefully give some advice that you'll also find useful. So join us for episode four as we chat about finding your tribe, building your own community and the benefits of being part of one. Hi, Natasha. Hi, Mel. So today we're going to be talking about finding our tribe or community. And I thought before we get into that, what do we mean when we talk about community or tribe? I think perhaps
1: it's finding people who have something in common with you, who inspire you, who you can share things with and who are quite supportive. I think that's a big part of having a community, yeah.
0: I definitely agree with you. It is good to find a group of people who you just are able to be yourself in as well and you're Mm. able to kind of bring up concerns or questions or or struggles even, but without, without feeling you're being judged or... You're um, you're afraid of looking stupid or of um, feeling really vulnerable. You know, I I just think it should be a community that is able to welcome you and, and you'll feel like supported in it.
1: Yeah, I think that's a big part of it. It's quite important to have that support. Um, and people who also will kind of gently push you to try new things or give you ideas for things because I found that my community have been a little bit like that it's like they'll say have you ever thought of trying this and I'll be like (laughs) "Ah, yeah so that's that's a really positive nice side of it I think yeah
0: where do we find these communities do you think it's mostly online that we find them or...
1: At the moment, it's very much based online because of the circumstances we're all in. But I think if you're doing things like craft fairs or gallery shows, it's really nice. You can perhaps build up the community around you there. Online, it could be it could be anything from something like Instagram or there used to be more art communities, didn't there? I don't know whether they still exist. Do you remember years ago, there was one called DeviantArt. Do you remember yes. that? Yeah. It sounds like it's really dodgy, but (laughs) I don't think it was.
0: You can still find these communities. Like, I know that I'm on Facebook, there's a couple of groups that I belong to. Like, there's one called Advice for Artists, kind of set up by an agent. I think it was Jennifer Nelson. She, I guess, started it off, and then a number of artists joined. And then it's a great space for like asking questions, like business questions about licensing art.
1: Oh, that sounds brilliant. Yeah, that sounds like some of the groups they have on Twitter as well. I think there are some I think there's one called the Noisy Pencil or something like that. Yes,
0: I have heard of that one. Yeah. I used to be quite active on Twitter, but I've seemed to have like sidestepped that to be more active on Instagram but also Facebook, but mainly with Facebook. It's not like my personal stuff that I'm active with. It's my business side and then the kind of the groups that Are interesting for my business. Different people seem to be attracted to different platforms,
1: and I've always found Instagram to be a more supportive, positive platform. Twitter used to be like this years ago, has become, I am, might be a bit controversial here, but I'm just going to say it. I find Twitter to be very judgmental, and also they're very quick to jump on you for anything on Twitter. It's it's become much more of a i don't know i don't i just don't feel as comfortable on there i don't use it as much because i'm finding it quite hostile that's the word hostile
0: yeah i think it's it's more like people wanting to shout their views you know and it's
1: yes yeah it's
0: very hard to have a proper conversation with someone when it's all kind of simplified into just a few sentences. I know you've got more than 140 characters now, but it's still not a great space for really talking or sharing or, or even discussing.
1: Yes. Whereas I think there's more of a, maybe more of a discussion on Instagram, people are more prepared to listen generally and are, are quite a lot kinder. Um, I don't know why Twitter has gone through, you know, it's gone through quite a lot of changes. And I think it's become very political now. So I I don't think it's necessarily the best place for artists now, whereas it used to be fantastic. But this is the thing, you have to adapt and change. It's like most of my business at one point, I think came through Twitter. But now it's definitely not the case and so I think this is another thing it's constantly changing online and you have to be prepared to move with it yeah it's about seeing what's out there and adapting and perhaps moving if one place doesn't suit you moving to another
0: yeah I was going to say that actually um, I sometimes find that being part of some groups they really serve their purpose but sometimes only for a season Or a time, you know, like if you're just starting out, then I found like the community that I was involved with. I did some courses. There was Facebook groups that kind of sprung up from being part of those courses. And they were great because they were like a place where you could sound out things and also show work in progress but you were doing it in the safety of a closed group so you were similar in terms of trying to find your voice trying to find your style but then you could get feedback as well from people and business advice that would come along to do with contracts or to do with how to get your work in front of people or how you should talk to or find arts directors that kind of thing and that really served its time you know it was really good for me, I know I've, I benefited a lot from it, but I was only really involved then for like maybe a year or two in that.
1: Um, it could be that it has relevant info um, or advice for you at some particular point. But, you know, once you have that, you know, maybe there isn't you know much else there for you and, and you decide to move
0: on. There's um, a group called Being Freelance run by Steve Vollen. He's a podcaster and he's got his own podcast called Being Freelance and he kind of interviews creatives from all over the freelance world and so he's created a community it's helpful because it's that freelance side of it which maybe if you were just a group for artists who are who looking at their style
1: it's like yeah you could have different communities for different needs
0: so I guess you can find communities that will serve you for the professional side of your business so I know for myself, I'm part of the Association of Illustrators, and they are a professional body that I pay to be a part of from that I get access to all sorts of helpful info to do with contracts writing contracts you know dealing with queries they also help with pricing that's such a tricky subject
1: and that is something I think we all need help with because I know so many people struggle with this so have you found it really useful um, to be a member then
0: I, I mean I heavily relied on it in the first few years again of taking on work, I needed something that would give me like a benchmark in terms of price. It's pricing definitely, you know, what should I be charging as an illustrator? And because there's so many different markets, so many different uses, it was just really nice to be able to get advice on even giving you a figure yeah. <laughs> of what you should be charging, you know, was just so helpful. Last year or two years, I haven't relied on it so much because I've now kind of got used to being able to charge appropriate. Well, I think appropriately for what's been asked. I feel a lot more confident.
1: It was helpful when you were becoming established. But yeah. Now you yeah. are, you kind of know what you're doing a little bit more. And-
0: I'm still a member though now because I have this uh, folio option that's like an add-on for their members so you can basically upload your work there so it's like another website but they advertise it to a a wider audience than maybe what I would attract obviously that's a professional um, membership you can you can probably find out a lot of the information for free you just need then though to spend a lot more time kind of looking for it and unearthing it
1: so it's it's useful but it's not so much you're not a member so much for the community no more just the being part of the um, association to to get some information and advice and yeah
0: you just know that if you're in a pickle or if if you really need some professional help you know it will be available to you within 24 hours and you know that you will you know you'll get the advice have you heard of they draw and travel or they draw and cook. I
1: have heard, yes, I have heard of this. I don't know much about it, but yeah.
0: Yeah, it's run by brother and sister team, Sally Swindell and Nate Padovic. They're both independent illustrators themselves they set up these websites with the focus i guess it's very niche so they draw and cook has thousands now of recipes which have been submitted by any artist but it all follows a similar format and then it's all on food food related illustrations it's a long time that they've been running it and from that they've got this community now quite active community and you mostly see the activity happening on Instagram but yeah it's just nice because you've got somewhere to submit work but then because of they've got quite a large following when they reshare maybe some of your recipes or work you'll instantly again have benefit of a wider audience they've got the draw and cook which is food related and they draw and travel which is all maps so they recently published a book as well with illustrators who had submitted maps so they chose oh you were
1: one of them weren't yeah you? this is where yeah, i heard it yeah
0: that's it yeah. yeah so I think they had quite a lot of entries and then they just picked a, a hundred and then published a book they now have started a site called illustrators for hire that is their showcase of illustrators um, covering all types of markets and then they will Because they've got such a big following again, they can show your work to art directors and anyone who's commissioning art. I guess that's where you see a community that's really harnessed. It's niche. You know, you've got cooking or maps and then they've been able to build the community, build up artists and then help artists by sharing them with everyone else. And then hopefully you get commissions. And I know I've got commissions through being part of that community. Natasha, I've talked a lot about communities I'm a part of. I think it would be really good if we talk about then how do we build our own community and like how do you go about finding your audience? You have quite a large following, don't you, on Instagram and that is your community really, isn't it? And I wondered if you could share really about how you found your audience.
1: When Instagram came along... I was an occasional poster and I was using it for actually not just art related photos, but also photos of my life. So it was a few years ago when I decided that because I was looking at some accounts on there and I could see that some people were just using it for art. And I thought maybe this is a good idea, you know, that I don't keep posting life stuff on there. And just this was before stories, I think, because now we can post the life parts in stories and we just keep our grid for our art and anyway I switched to making it almost entirely an art account and then I noticed that it was through posting consistently and also writing detailed descriptions underneath my images as well so when I first used Instagram it was very much post a photo write a short caption and and that's it And I found I wasn't communicating or engaging with people as much. But now, because we have the ability to write, you know, quite a bit under whichever post, um, it's almost like I use it in some ways as a like mini blog.
0: Yeah, it's like a blog, isn't it? Yeah,
1: it is. I used to have a separate blog years ago. And then when (laughs) Instagram allowed us to write more and I found I was sharing mostly on there, and and also getting more feedback as well. I think that's the thing. You want to be somewhere where people are engaged and where, you know, you can kind of throw ideas around and ask questions and, and get some responses. And that, that kind of back and forth is really lovely. So, yeah, basically it, and my my audience came about because I was posting very consistently. I mean, I'm trying to be quite professional, but also a little bit personal so they get to know a little bit more about the kind of behind the scenes side of being an artist and also get to know a little bit about me because I think I personally find it more interesting when I get to know the artist behind the work rather than just seeing you know finished paintings or whatever and that's
0: it. Yeah, it definitely makes it more engaging and to also helps you if you're an artist as well and you're looking at someone else's feeds, you can see there's a the progression of of where they've gone. I love actually scrolling back. <laughs> I don't uh, maybe oh, I yeah, I, I don't know if I'm the only only person who does this, but I, I if I find an artist who I really like, I will I would then just go back Almost to the beginning, just to see (laughs) how they um, have progressed because it just, it just, I don't know, it's just so encouraging. You're just like, wow, they've really kind of grown in their art, they've really developed themselves, and they've got a tone of voice and style that is, you just kind of get to know just through looking. At how they've progressed and I think it's also encouraging for you as well if say you are just beginning or you've got a small following or or you're just kind of working out your art style just to know that if you keep consistently posting and sharing your work you will develop you will get better yeah. at your work you will develop your voice
1: And I think that's interesting about um, you will also find your style, because when I first started posting, I'm sure if you scroll all the way back to 2013 on my Instagram, you'd be going for quite some time. There'd be a lot of scrolling. But (laughs) yeah, two hours later, you'd come to the first post and you'd see that, you know, they don't look as polished. You know, um, my style isn't there. It would look um, like my feed now looks far more cohesive, whereas before it was just a little bit all over the place. And, um, yeah, I think I think through consistently posting, you will gradually find your style, you know, the style of how you communicate with people as well. And I think that needs to be as authentic as possible, I think there is a a kind of certain way that a lot of illustrators especially will communicate with their audience and that never really felt right to me so I just thought okay I just have to be myself and communicate as I would if I was sitting there in front of someone so I think being authentic is one of the most important things because you will attract the right people to you if you're Mm. being who you really are rather than you know, trying to put on this front or trying to fit in with with how others are.
0: Yeah. So I think yeah. that
1: aspect of it is ri re- because finding your tribe, you need to be yourself in order to find that tribe.
0: Yeah, because otherwise you may attract yeah, you you may attract completely the wrong tribe or the wrong yeah. people because because you've assumed that you should be posting in a certain way that isn't really you.
1: Yeah, it's not your voice. That's the way I want to say it's not your voice. It needs to be your voice. And I think that people also think that, um, you know, I mean, I'm sure there are some people who can build a community really quickly. But I think for most people, it's a very slow process and you grow it slowly and really interact with those people. So that's another thing. If you don't take the time to answer the comments, you know, they're they're putting some time and effort into communicating with you and supporting you, but you don't give anything back. You will lose that community. They need to feel like it's a two-way street. I mean, I, I try to make the time as much as I can. It's at the stage now where I can't answer every message, certainly can't answer every message. I try to answer most comments and some messages as much as i possibly can but i if i answered everything i would literally be on there all the time and i wouldn't be creating work which is what they're following me for i think so i need to to find that balance and that becomes more difficult the bigger your community is is finding the time to just devote some time to the community but also you need the time for yourself just to be an artist
0: yeah, you almost have to grow slowly, don't you? And treat those who are following you well. Mm. You're not going to get a larger following if you can't engage with a smaller following.
1: Exactly. And I think it really does have to be a two-way street. The posts mustn't just be you promoting yourself or sh- or just showing you know, what you've been working on you need to offer your community something as well. So um, whether that's inspiration or whether it's some of your experience, I think that part of it is really important in growing a big community. I know that if I'm following somebody and they just never bother to answer any comments, you know, they it's great to get the attention, but they don't really want to give anything back. I think that they owe it to their community to actually interact a little bit if they don't have time to do a lot just just do what you can do nobody expects people with you know a huge number of followers to interact with everyone I know that I would lose interest in someone if I felt like they
0: were being a little like it was a little bit one-sided I'm feeling challenged by this myself and I've got a small following. but I'm like sometimes because I'm posting every day or twice a day um, the yeah, tendency yeah, you're is posting a lot. that mm. I, I'm i quite, I just feel exhausted, you know, so I feel like I just post once and then I'm not able to give everything that I want to in that post. You know, it's just more of a case of here's my postcard. I've done this and then that's it. And I, I do, I am aware of that, you know, that sometimes I need to maybe think a bit more about what I want to communicate. And I do try to.
1: I was going to say, you're doing great things like the creative conversations on YouTube. You're helping the community and building a community in that way. You know, it's going to be different depending
0: on yeah. the person.
1: And if, and if you're doing, you know, lots of posts a week, which you are, I'm not doing anywhere near as many posts as you. You know, I maybe post on Instagram. I mean, there are some weeks I'll maybe do one post. Um, and others where I will do maybe two or three but you know I I keep it at that level so that I can kind of get in there and answer the comments because if I posted every single day which you have to do because you're doing your project you know I would find that really hard I can't I couldn't do that because it would just I would be spending all my time answering comments (laughs) so yeah it's but I think you do interact I think you're good at interacting with people and you do
0: Okay. So, yeah,
1: <laughs> I think to some extent people really understand. You know, they get that people's lives are busy and complicated and they don't always have time to be online. You're always going to get some people who get annoyed with you for not answering. I've, I've realised this, but you can't please everybody. You'll be spreading yourself very thinly with no time for work.
0: When you're starting out, Natasha, I mean, were you tempted at all to kind of like buy followers?
1: Never, no. <laughs> I, you can always tell an account that has bought followers. And I just thought, even though things were fairly slow going when you start out, you know, it takes a while to get rolling. Um, I think that the thing you have to do is just be authentic. So accept that it's going to take time to grow. Be yourself, post consistently, even when you feel like you're not getting anywhere. So, you know, sometimes I remember there was a time on Instagram where um, this is just before it all took off for me. Um, So we're going back like three years and I'd been on Instagram with that account for like four and a half years or something. And I was at four and a half thousand followers. So it's roughly a thousand followers a year. Yeah. And I was kind of like I remember saying to Dominic. I just don't feel I'm getting anywhere with this. You know, I'm posting consistently and the people seem to be really engaged, but my posts aren't really reaching that many people. And I was looking at other, this is where the comparison comes in as well, because I would be looking at other illustrators who had started accounts after me who were up to like 10,000, 20,000 followers or more. And I, I was thinking, you know, what am I doing wrong? Why is this? And then suddenly one day, I created something that was a little bit different to my usual work. And um, it was actually when I did um, some work for a book publishing company. And it was the little animals on painted stones. Yeah. So I'd done the painted stones, but I'd never really done little animals on the stones before. And I posted it thinking, oh, my followers might quite like this, not expecting too much. And they went crazy for it. And I think because initially that post had a lot of likes and comments because my followers were enjoying it the Instagram algorithm went oh this is you know this must be an interesting post He yeah. started showing it to more people I remember I was completely astounded because I got a thousand followers in two days wow and I was so like that's crazy this is unbelievable I'm getting as many followers in two days as I got in you know a year that would take me a year to get and, and it was funny because that gave me the boost I needed. So at that point, I was still only on like five and a half thousand followers. But because I'd had this influx of new followers, every time I posted from there on in, more people were initially liking the posts. So then the Instagram algorithm kept picking up the posts and then it snowballed. And then I got up to 10,000. And then I think by the end of the year, I was on like, is it about twenty thousand, something like that. Yeah, something like that. And um, and then obviously from there on in, it's just it's just rolling, and it it goes through periods of where it will slow down a little bit, or where it will really pick up. And what was what's great about this is that it was all done authentically, and you're not going to get the same. Um, engaged kind of audience or I mean I don't know what happens when you buy followers but I'm assuming they're they're just bots or something and they're not an engaged audience because at the end of the day it's not really the numbers that are important it's how engaged people are with your posts and your work you could have so in in that respect it's better to have you know 10,000 people who really want to buy your work or commission you you know or share your work than having 100,000 who are really not that
0: bothered. Yeah, or not really there. They're just like a a member, aren't they? They're not like a person.
1: Yeah, so I think being able to do this organically and authentically... I mean, I think that gives hope to other people that it can be done. I've never done that thing where, you know, how some people will follow someone just to get that person to follow them back. And when they're followed back, they then unfollow that person. Or if you don't follow them back, they unfollow you. Either way, the result is the same. I will only follow people I'm interested in following. I don't expect them to follow me back. I don't write on their page, leaving comments saying, please follow my account or come and have a look at my work. I've never done any of that. I just I don't like it and I wouldn't recommend anyone does that so I think the thing is just be consistent and be authentic and then you know it happened to me this growth of my Instagram account when I was actually really quite despondent and least expecting it
0: because you were consistent and because you had been posting that's you just don't know when it might happen you
1: exactly and I would say you know what four thousand four and a half thousand people that is a decent is a decent-sized following isn't it you know you think of that if you imagine a field with that amount of people in it and you know that alone is a is a decent sized audience so I shouldn't really have been feeling despondent no it was because I was comparing myself to other people was why I was feeling like that but yeah it, it was lovely that that happened and I've seen it happen to other people and I really happy for them because i know how it feels when you know you feel like the hard work is paying off and you know you're actually able to reach more people
0: so we've we've talked a lot about i guess how to build your community and some really good pieces of advice there what are would you say some drawbacks of being part of community are there drawbacks to being part of community
1: i think um yeah the time aspect of it you know, how much time it takes to manage it and interact and build it. I'm wondering, how do you know if the community that you're in is the right community or if it isn't? And what do you do if it isn't the right community?
0: That is a good question, because sometimes you join a community and you're expecting one thing, and then suddenly you realise actually... It's, it's not what you expected and you do have to discern whether you are in the right community for you. And I'm, I'm just talking in general about, you know, being part of an art community and what is it that they're trying to achieve and is it the same kind of aims or objectives that you had going into it? So I'm just thinking if you find that your voice isn't being heard or you maybe feel that your opinion isn't valued... Or, or there's even a pressure to conform to the group as in yeah. a way of thinking. I think you need to start, pick, if you pick up on those kind of things, it's an indicator that maybe it's not quite the right group or it's not a group where you're going to experience support or be encouraged to grow.
1: Yeah, it should be something positive in your life. It should add something yeah, to your art practice or you
0: know your life in general. I just think if we're not able also to have like debate or discussion, you know, mm. or be able to talk about things openly, yeah. or you feel like you're being told to conform to a certain way of of, yeah. of even presenting your work, or if everyone is just saying the same thing, that's mm. no longer a community. That is a dictatorship.
1: Yeah, I think there's a danger of that happening at the moment and um, and I think this is one of the reasons that I don't post on Twitter as much anymore actually, yeah. And
0: I I really don't want to see other social media platforms going that way as well. If If you are just trying to conform everyone into one way of thinking, you will lose, you will lose far more than you thought you would gain through getting everyone to do something one way
1: yeah diversity is very important and freedom of speech is very important
0: yeah i think you
1: need that to have a healthy
0: community i guess it's it's just something to think about isn't it when you're next online or in a community that you're aware that it's important that we embrace all sorts of people
1: yeah embrace differences and allow people to have their own voice and respect that
0: Natasha, do you want to tell us what we're going to be chatting about on our next episode?
1: We're going to talk about when you go through difficult or quiet times in your business or your creative practice and what you can do to get out of that and see it perhaps in
0: a more positive light. Excellent. We look forward to talking about that in our next episode. We'd love to hear your thoughts on building community and finding your tribe. Why not speak to us over on YouTube or Instagram account? Which you'll find by searching Creative Catch-Up or at creative underscore catch-up. And if you're enjoying our podcasts, please leave a review on iTunes. It will help us connect with more folk just like you. So until next time, stay creative.